Would we drink non-alcoholic beers? Is that no? Good God, no! <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Just... Oh, then you've ruined it. Okay, welcome to Hey Brew. This is the show about storytelling and beer. I don't like this energy you've brought. All right, welcome to Hey Brew. This is the show about beer and storytelling. Each week, one of us brings a uh, beer and brings the story. And we try and create a tangential link between the two. Mm. Uh, well, we've already created it, to be honest with you. We're just sort of forcing it. Uh, my name is Elliot. And I'm Mike. Mike, uh, as usual, I guess we kick off with, how are you? Uh, I'm in a little bit of pain. I spent most of today getting a That's new tattoo. Oh, never mind. Wh- hang on. What? What did you say? I nothing, missed it. The stick removed. I was... Oh. Yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Jokes, jokes, jokes. We lads. Um, yeah, no, I got a, a fresh tattoo today. It's on my right shoulder and it is... A little painful and uncomfortable right now. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. This is uh, it is pretty cool looking. So, but like it's to be expected. But you've got a few more hours left on it as well, so that's going to be more fun. Yeah, like it was already shaping up to be like a three to four session piece by the Mm. time it's all done, and we didn't even finish the first part of that today because I had to come and record this. Oh well, sorry. No, it's fine. Bollocks. I I wasn't expecting him to want to go past six p.m., but he was like, "Look, man, it'll either go until you're done or I'm done," and I like that attitude. (laughs) <laughs> I don't because I'm usually done earlier because I'm soft oh look I, I was kind of glad to have a reason to leave yeah, by sort of 5.30 if, <laughs> if you're listening Mr. Tattoo Chap whose name is Kane Kane yeah shout out to Kane who might actually check out the show after we talked about it while I was lying there getting inked I don't want to blow my load too early but that's not going to be the last shout out today oh boy yeah uh, oh, we, yeah we, you, you'll see okay. you'll see uh, uh-huh. Don't get excited, to be perfectly uh-huh. honest with you. We haven't got, like, fans. I mean, we did get an email this week. I was going to ask you. Yeah. I'm so glad I didn't. Do you want to do it now? Yes, I want to do it now. Okay. My God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed, aren't I? Okay. So this comes from friend of the show, Rowan, your friend and mine. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, hey, gents, just a quick one to say. I hope the attached makes you happy, like drinking a frosty beer. I'll get to what the attached is in a minute. It's a photo, which is not good for this medium. Uh, no, but it's pretty easily describable. Uh, he goes on. I have learned a lot about Tim Tam Slams, and Elliot's reading about ghost ships gave me chills. He mistyped and said, have me chills, but I'm correcting that don't, for him. Don't correct his grammar. Right? It's the no, first writer we've got. Spelling. Uh, sorry, don't correct his autocorrect um, yeah. on uh, Well, I'm blaming technology on the... Rowan, I love you. Oh, I love him too. I'm okay. blaming autocorrect for that one. Okay, sorry. So As someone who uses the swipe keyboard, and that often gives me some fucking weird outcomes. Power user you. Yeah. Anyway, go anyway, on. Uh, he says, keep up the good work. Kindest regards, because meanest regards sound stupid. Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm giddy with excitement. Please yeah. tell me about the attachment. Uh, so it is a screenshot from the uh, Beer Cartel 2019 Australian Craft Beer Survey. The question in the screenshot reads, which, if any, of the following Australian beer podcasts do you listen to? There are one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, there's about 15 listed there. The bottom mm. one says, don't know. Then I don't know if that's an <laughs> what actual. What is that? Well, I don't know. That might be a podcast. That'd be a bad mm. name. Uh, and, yeah. then the, and then there's an other box, which he's ticked, and he's written the name of our show in that box. That's amazing, and I love it. And thank you so much, Rowan. Yes. And I'd like to say that you are the second person to do that after I did the same. Yeah. Because self-promotion is still promotion. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, Rowan, thank you so much. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Delightful. Really appreciate it. Um, so uh, what have I been up to this week? Let me tell you, I Mike. I was getting there. Because you were there. Just putting my phone away. I had to read the email. 
Yeah, it's a good point. I kind of cut across that. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm running anyway. away. Uh, I've got the energy now. Yeah. Oh, got the juices. Yeah. No? Vapors? Well, juices, I guess, kind of works. Okay, so yeah. basically what we did on Fridays, you and I went to a brewery can launch, which we feels did. very, very... Well, I think it was, a, it was a beer launch. It just happened to be in cans if yeah. you wanted to buy it. They had it on tap. Yeah. It can- wasn't like that Three Ravens one we went to where it was just, here, have a can. That was wicked, though. It was good. Also, it's the second beer launch we've been to, and it doesn't make me feel like quite a beer wanker, but fun. No, yeah. It was... Amazing. Anyway, go on. Yeah. It's your story. That's all right. So we went to... Oh, it's, it's our story. We can hold hands as I tell it. <laughs> no, not... Don't touch that. No. Um, and it, Jesus Christ. Thank God this GoPro is running for yeah. court use. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we went to Moondog in Abbotsford on mm-hmm. Friday and had a delightful amount of apple crumble sour yeah. called In the Crumble, the Mighty Crumble. Was it actually called that? Yeah, that's what the name of it is. Yeah. Uh, but um, it was, what, an apple crumble dessert sour? Yeah. Oh, it was... Banging. I was. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm someone who doesn't like a lot of sours, and mm. I went into that a little skeptical. I think reasonably. Boy, oh boy, did I love that beer! I went back for a second one. It wasn't just like I tried the launch beer and then I moved on. I went and had another one. No, I might go buy some. Like, yeah. I can take home because it was so good. Uh, anyone from Moondog who is listening, a very long shot. Awesome, awesome beer. Thank yeah. you so much. Also, it's the first time I'd actually been to the venue there. Oh yeah, of course. What yeah. did you make of it? Um, I really dug it. Like yeah. it was, it was kind of small, but like it wasn't that busy for a Friday night. So it, no. it was pretty. It was a shitty cozy. Night. Yeah, I mean they they kept it pretty warm. It was mm-hmm. nice and cozy in there. They had the photo booth going, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, Grim Sisters doing the photos there. Yeah. Um, that's G R I double M S I S T E R S S S. If you want to look them up on Instagram, I'm not e- spelling that out again. Is it E R or A at the end of Sisters? I can't remember. We, t- we, t- we tagged them in that yep. post that we Just check we out our Instagram up. for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a great time. Um, we had some delightful beers, good some good chat, mm. and uh, also I tried a pizza, which was apple crumble pizza, which was alarmingly oh, yeah. good too. That was that was buck wild actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah uh, it, was, it was a good time all around. Yeah, yeah, fantastic I, stuff. I had regrets about my plans the next morning. I'll say that. Much. What were your plans the next morning? Uh, to go Half and run marathon. to no to go and like run around and throw frisbees with people. I mean, you do that quite a lot, yeah, so, but, but I understand where you're coming from. I right didn't now. have a huge hangover, but it was enough for me to go, fuck, this sucks a bit. I had a late brunch. Oh, just great. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, that excitement aside, mm. let's let's crack into it. Yeah. Today. You've still got the cans covered. I have got the cans and covered. We're a few minutes in now, and I'm and excited to I'd see like to, what's under I'd there. I'd like to bust out my second shout out. Oh, go on. This one is to potential friend of the podcast. Okay. I'd like to say, not 100% sure if he listens, but every time I speak to him, he asks me how it's going and uh, wishes me well with it. It's very sweet of him. This one goes out to Daniel van der Hayden, who's one of my uh, partners at work, uh, a client of ours, and he is the founder of The Feast today. So he actually sent me some beers. Founder of what, sorry? The founder of The Feast. It's a Dickensian reference. Oh, okay. And it's probably from before that. Yeah. Scrooge is the founder of the feast at the end of Christmas Carol. Okay, good. Get cultured, man. Yeah, sorry. I haven't. Um, About oppressive Victorian values. Stop making me feel bad and keep going. Yeah. So Daniel uh, was really kind and sent me some beers um, as a sort of thank you for setting up some meetings at work with some Mm -hmm. of our clients. And um, I'd like to present the beers to you today. We have all the way from New Zealand, Panheads the Vandal. Oh, New yes. Zealand IPA. Okay. And I really hope you've not got anything planned after this apart from editing because they are sitting in at 8%. They are. 2.8 standard drinks. Oh boy, I love the artwork on this. And they're huge cans. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, Michael. <laughs> because the artwork which we have on these cans today, I'm just going to pop that at the GoPro and hope I don't drop the can. We can just take photos of it later. We're going to do both. Okay. Um, the artwork that's, that is on the can is what has inspired today's topic. Okay. So, okay. 
Yeah. The artwork that you're looking at is uh, based off the art of Ed Big Daddy Roth. Oh boy, what yeah. a name, isn't it? Is I mean Ed Roth is a pretty I'm, good name. This anyway. might be jumping ahead, but self-imposed nickname, or did somebody give that to him? I really hope self-imposed. Yeah, it's so much better. Hey, uh, my name's Ed. No, no, but everyone Paul. calls me. Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Everyone calls me Large Father. It's like, Ed, I'm not Sorry, feeling it. Large Father was my father. You can call <laughs> me Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so specifically, it's um, it's sort of reminiscent of his uh, character Ratfink. Um, Ratfink is one of several Hot Rod characters created by Roth. Okay. And, that rings um, a bell for some reason. You recognize it. Yeah. And I meant to get a picture of it up, so I'm going to do that while I, while I read through this bit. Um so uh, Ratfink was uh, sorry. Sorry, Roth was one of the originators of uh, custom culture, which is both spelled with K's, not in some kind of clan way. Mm. But um, custom culture was sort of culture, art, music, style uh, around the hot rod and yeah, rat yeah, rod yeah. scene. And yeah, um, we'll, we'll we'll get more into this, I'm sure. I really want to get be, into this. You'll beer. be damn right. <laughs> um, but uh, Ratfink was originally conceived as an anti-hero to Mickey Mouse and he's usually portrayed as either green or grey he's comically grotesque yeah he's got those Mickey Mouse big ears though yeah absolutely and then he has sort of depraved bulging eyes Mm. really bloodshot and a row of really sharp narrow teeth usually wearing red overalls with his initials RF on and as you can see from the picture here he's pretty notable like Mm. that's what you'll have seen around I'm sure I hope that Mike didn't pick up me yeah um but yeah, that's the style. Yeah, that's kind of more what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll, we'll we'll chuck some rat fink up on the Instagram and hope that um, Edward Roth or Edward Roth's estate are not, sorry, Big Daddy or Big Daddy's <laughs> estate aren't particularly litigious. Well, I don't know if we can tag him. And um, yeah, we'll do a bit of a comparison. But um, okay. yeah, very excited to get into the Vandal yeah. um, New Zealand IPA. It's been a while since I've had a, uh, a pan here beer, actually. Um, I'm getting into them. They've, I, I, I believe they were recently acquired by they've got, CUB. They've got one that's called like, supercharger or turbocharger or something yeah. that one's pretty decent i think it's like an xpa yeah i think um, i believe that's correct yeah, yeah um they okay. have to having it on tap at never mind near work Ooh. um but yeah the uh, panhead i think they got recently acquired by cub and a lot of people shit themselves when that happens personally yeah. i was like great more panhead available yeah it's it's one of those things when a brewery gets acquired like that i want to give them a chance and see yeah it if, depends if on it's how better interventionist cool. yeah. the others have become yeah but if they just try to absorb them and kind of dilute their efforts then uh, that, right. that, that's that's no good this has just reminded me i can't remember where i was or who i was with but it's just reminded me of the fact obviously pirate life got bought out a few years ago yeah they did um i had a beer of pirate lives at uh gab's two years back mm-hmm. which was pirate life in montenegro okay i think i saw that one around yeah was it, wasn't I, that a uh, welcome to thornbury when we went okay that's where it was yes yeah. i was gonna say so i had it in the other day i was very excited about yeah that stuff it was is great wild yeah um, all right, so let's kick let's into this, this one. one. So, yeah, sorry, I missed the thing that we do. Yeah, it's going to be some nice, like, ambient sound. Yeah, I, I can mic. smell it already. Again, real strong Ooh. scented IPA. Yeah, um, very very strong hop aroma coming right out of that can. Yeah, so I don't know where Panhead is. It's, it's New Zealand-based, isn't it? Uh, but uh, this one's brewed on the license, so that's a shame. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't really mind what you have fuss. I think Auckland... Um, but I'm not 100% sure of that. Yeah, I would. Uh, I honestly couldn't even venture in a, a yeah, opinion no, I, on it. I could look it up, but right now I've got hands full of beer. Also, for the record, yeah. the, as well as these cans being 8%, they're also the big 440s. Yeah. Right? It's I a big love boy. a big 440 it's a big can. boy. Yeah. You're not. It's, it just tells the world I'm not fucking about. Yeah. I'm here to sleep on this yeah, train. This, this actually looks like a big can in my hand. Yeah. Versus the child size 330s. 
Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah. I'm going to go with, with uh, do you know what I'm going to do site afterwards? I'm just going to get straight yeah. into it. But real like fruity, hoppy smell. Yeah, very floral. Like, yeah, big fan. All right. Have a little sip. Oh my word, that's fresh. Yeah. Ah. Oh. It's a very like clean and crisp kind of flavor. Yeah. There's like and a, what I was going to say looking at it, like it's clear like a lager. Oh yeah, it is. Know? It is clear as a bell. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. Um real sort of fruitiness to it. Um Yeah. There's uh there's a little sweet honey element I think yep. at the end, and I think that comes from a kind of like this is a really like strange description, but I think it's an accurate one. People always say it's got like a piney flavor, and I think I can feel that. Is I think that like actually just looking at the description here, like the the hops in particular are from basically the Nelson region where I'm from. Oh, sweet! So Nelson Savine. You're about boysenberries. I'll stab you. I was not going to. Cool. Uh, so Nelson Savine, uh, Motueka, and sorry, Motueka and Rewalka hops. Um, so that's all sort of like in in the hop boom after the Nelson area hops took off like they're now everywhere but this is being a new zealand brewery they're pretty easy to get but that that by the way made me happy on a couple of levels one because it t- finally tells me how to pronounce that that word savine i i am guessing oh okay cool we're running with that yeah um because it's because it's like almost it's like half of the word sauvignon that's why i'm going with yeah, it that nice way. um the the second reason was that i'm assuming those two sec the second and third hop names were uh like local indigenous language yeah uh, quote unquote maori yeah that's why i I went back on it is because i was like well no i should actually do the proper maori pronunciation because i know how to do that yeah fair enough um Um, for the record michael as we know is kiwi but he's also teaching himself maori which i find really cool still early in the process but uh yeah well it's better than trying to teach yourself a language at 29 is uh, a difficult thing it turns out <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely um but the third thing about that that made me really happy is it just reminded me that you're from new zealand oh um and i just remembered that we beat you in the cricket oh man and i i was wondering if we were going to talk uh, about this do you know what i'm not even a cricket fan but what i am a fan yeah. of is annoying people so i've been spending the entire time at work in my it's heavily a, new zealand occupied yeah, company true. going mental I, I will say like I'm not someone who really gives a shit about cricket. No, most couldn't of the care time. less. Um, but I like a. We got into the World Cup final, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll pay attention." And B, I know my dad will want to talk about this later. So you better read so, up. So, well, <laughs> so like I, I watched the the highlights from the semi final mm-hmm. where we got into the final, and then I I watched a good amount of the actual final, and I like went to bed at one thirty in the morning. I think it finished up at like four thirty or something stupid our time. Yeah, vile. Yeah, but um, I'm honestly not annoyed at the result i think everyone's like we was robbed we was robbed uh, but it's like sure. well i like, mean look the result was the result at the yeah. end of the day both teams had i think equal right to and, win and, and like and talk, just talking won. to a guy at work who is quite a cricket fan his reaction was basically like yeah that's a, a shitty way to lose like because it was like you couldn't get a closer result but such a tight world cup final is the kind of match that you are lucky to see once, yeah if you're a sport you know? fan you live for yeah yeah like for it to go right down to like yes. the wire in overtime essentially it's and insane I, I would also add that the ill feeling from losing in that faction if you'd won oh yeah you wouldn't give a shit yeah but also won in that fashion the two people in the final were like pre-tournament favorites well well, do you know, I was going to say, I think that before we go off cricket, before yeah. it obviously is quite clear, we don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> is that neither Australia nor India won. Yep. And while I've got no issue with India winning, particularly because realistically, they're probably the best cricket nation in the world. It's great to see Australia not win. Yeah. Also for me, like the fact that those peop- uh, people like Steve Smith that got 
literally caught for ball tampering and cheating. Oh, he's back in the I'm side. Back in the the national side. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really glad they didn't win because that would have been. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have understood how they could be okay with that. No, absolutely. Uh, it was Australia's shame for all of about three weeks, and then they were like, "We need him back." Well, then there were other headlines, and also, yeah, they they didn't. Yeah, wanna, then the, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, love beer. Love <laughs> love the fact that we s- destroyed the Aussies in the semis yeah. as well. Yeah, that that was good. It's a great feeling, isn't it? Um, ah, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so the beer, mm. like you said, the clarity in it's insane. It's yeah. like colorful water. Um, there's a little bit of um, uh, carbonation. It's not. It's not massively like fizzy, which I think you really want from like a, an IPA. Mm. And um, I'm wondering because it says New Zealand IPA. I'm wondering if that is actually its own style that's starting to take. Yeah, off. it will be like, because I've had New Zealand like, hops and stuff. Something called a New Zealand Pale Ale, which is you know pretty similar to this as well. But so it'll use native hops and yeah. it'll use a water profile akin to sure. the area of New Zealand okay. where it was brewed traditionally. Yeah, um, that color on it's beautiful. I think. Yeah. I think that's. I know we bring up honey quite a lot, but I think it, that, that it, is yeah. that is the color of Manuka honey. Yes, it is. It's that's stunning. I think it's a really flavorful beer, really tasty, yeah. incredibly drinkable. Yeah, which is so worrying. Eight yeah, percent. Yeah, it does not taste like this it. is kind of thing like drinking this sort of beer now in the depths of winter. I'm wishing it was a hot day because this would just yeah. hit that right on the head. Yeah, and I would say I'd be disappointed that it'd been in my car because like. These are really chilled would be delightful. I've got one more in my fridge and I'm very excited about it. So uh, once again, Daniel, thank you so much. These are brilliant and um, a great, uh, I was, I'm I'm benefiting off the back of your good work apparently. Yeah. Um, I'd also add that like we are recording this on an, on an odd day. Like normally we record on a Sunday and this is a Tuesday night. So, uh, which is worrying when you do an 8% beers, but um, (laughs) it's, um, it was kind of a scrabble moment. I was like, not the game, but I had to scrabble and think of a topic. You've been scramble. No, but both are applicable. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, think of a topic. And then I looked in my fridge as, it, well, as I was cooking and I was like, well, that would be perfect. Yeah. It's something that I'm interested in. Yeah. And the beer is there. And yeah. also get to shout out Daniel. So yeah. yeah. Very good. Awesome. So let's get into it. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, hot rodding and hot rod and rat rod culture. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm like, glad to hear it. We're like playing uh, Forza Horizon 4, a game we both enjoy. I've been playing again this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Have you gone and bought like the, the old Ford uh, coupes and you can go in there and there's like custom presets in there that turn it into fucking hot rod looking things? No. Yeah, body kit presets. Get, oh, get those. shit. Yeah, and you're just like running around with like this giant fucking engine block sticking through the hood, the big fucking air intakes and everything. It's amazing. Hold my dick. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. Well, okay. Uh, allow me to uh, uh, prolong the excitement <laughs> then. So we're going to be talking about hot rodding. Um, just like you would probably anticipate, hot rodding started out just almost immediately as soon as cars became available, like yeah, um, widespread. Yeah, it, it didn't take long at all. If people were just like, oh, I can mess around with this. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this is fun. I bet it could be a fuckload more fun. What what sort of time frame did it really start taking off? So, um, realistically, it stemmed from the modification of cars during Prohibition. Okay. Um, so I don't I don't know how much of this you're aware of, but so. During Prohibition, obviously, you have bootleggers running yeah. running booths. And what they used to do is they used to fit falser areas into their cars, much like Han Solo's main Falcon with false floors and stuff. Yeah. Fill it full of booze, run it across state and county lines in mm. what were like just respectable sedans. But they sure. would tune the fuck out of those yeah. sedans and remove a lot of the weight from them to make them faster. Yep. 
when the prohibition ended and they what, had all these fast what, cars. What time are you? What sorry? What time? Are you, oh, what? this is the thirties. I want to say twenties and thirties. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I thought it was. Okay, okay. So when prohibition ended, they had all these fast cars, and they're like, "Well, what are we going to do with them?" And also, when they weren't running these uh, this booze around. They were just racing in fields around circles. And that's how NASCAR started. Amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. Like the Na- NASCAR has the most outlaw heritage of all sports. Yeah. Like, I did, so I did cool. always wonder why the majority of NASCAR is idiots driving in circles. Yeah, I mean... And like, now I know. It seems to be... It, like, it was just, well, criminals driving in circles in a yeah. field, and let's just add 100,000 people in the stands. Yeah, yeah no, the reason I asked about when it took off, because, like, most of my exposure to... Uh, these sorts of vehicle modifications. Not not like I know anything of what I'm talking about, but it's more the types of cars that are often you often see are like 40s and 50s era yep. coupes and yep. that sort of thing. Absolutely spot on. Yeah. Um, just for a little bit of context, uh, me and Mike are both car guys. Not well, not in the way that like some people are, where they like modify their cars and they really know heaps about it. Yeah. Neither of us are mechanically trained or anything. Like that. No. Both of us definitely have an interest I in would, cars. Yeah, I would say I I like cars a lot. Yes, but I've not gone and learned anything particular about like the mechanics or anything like that. I I, I would absolutely love to. I yeah. just don't have the space, time, or money. Yeah, and no, I'm, it just makes me really sad. Actually, I went I went, I considered a career as a mechanic for a mm. long time. Um, and I still kind of wish I got into engineering, for, but that's just neither here nor there. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, almost, um, it's sort of at the end of the late 30s um, in Southern California, people used to race cars basically on dry lake beds. Oh, yeah. And they'd modify cars to go faster and faster. Um, and it's still actually pretty common to do that. Mm. And a lot of the big drag racing that's not done at purpose-built areas is still done on, on like dry lake beds. Yeah. And the big one is the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah. Well, yeah, that's also where they do a lot of like land speed record stuff. Yeah, absolutely correct. Because basically what it is is a big, empty, fairly hard, flat, flat area yeah. for miles and miles and miles. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to come back to Bonneville actually at some point because it's a really cool story I'm going to end on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of early hot rodders actually were ex-servicemen. They were coming back from uh, World War Two. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, right, you know, the nineteen thirties, um, the nineteen World War Two, and mm-hmm. people were coming back. Either they finished their tour of duty because the Americans, I don't think, had national service. I'm not too sure. So I don't think it was conscription or whatever. They no, it. I mean, like they had the draft and all that, but it was like, yeah, it definitely was, the draft around Vietnam. I think, I think when people, when, World War yeah, II. when people were coming back, it was very much of like. You yeah, done. Fucking, you can have a rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, they had the GI Bill. They had quite a lot of things like set up for World War II vets. And mm. look, I'm not going to go into what happened since then. Um, so they received uh, a lot of these returning servicemen had actually received some mechanical training mm-hmm. um, to work on various fighters, uh, you know, vehicles out in the field, etc. Yeah. As well as just stuff like you know, they they had to learn to field strip guns and that sort of mechanical oh, yeah. knowledge was picked up around around because other people might. Yeah, have- I want to say too, like. Cars of that era were a lot simpler, mechanically Ooh, speaking. Shit, yes. This so, is this is another reason why I've never bothered to learn yeah, anything about cars most because of its computers. Yeah, <laughs> like there's just so much. You look at an engine now, and there's just so much going on. It's well, also, like having looked under the hood of my car, like there's the engine block, sure, but then there's like this big cover over top of it, and everything is like stacked vertically, and I would have to like pull entire yep. parts out to get at anything. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have the equipment it, for that. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, it's not. It's not the big open engine bay where yeah. the engine, the carburetor, and then there's like suspension and yeah. a gearbox. And you can just see everything and touch everything. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, back in the day, mostly it was the early Ford coupes, as you, as you say, mm-hmm. um, 
and it's the, realistically the big ones were the Model Ts, Model As, and Model Bs. And basically, what they were, a lot of them were doing, were transplanting uh, bigger engines into these smaller Ford cars. Yeah. Um, or a quite common one was to transplant the Ford Flathead V8. It was a really, really popular okay. early hot rod engine. Yeah. And put it on a Jeep chassis. Interesting. Uh, because there was there would also be sturdy. A shitload of them after yeah, the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they just churn these things out. It's like after the war in around around Europe, there's just a fuckload of military hardware left yeah. around. Um, if you ever want to see something really interesting, check out um, shit. Is it Lord of War, the Nick Cage movie? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've always meant to. It's really decent. I mean, I like Nick Cage, but like yeah. it's they talk about how after the fall of the Cold War, after the fall of Berlin Wall, and the uh, dissolution of the USSR. Basically, a fuckload of Eastern Europe just had tons of military hardware, and they're like, yeah. "Well, what are we gonna do with all this? We're all fucking broke." So they just sell it to Africa in the Middle East, yeah, to sustain themselves. Yeah. But um, that practice you meant mentioned about uh, like transplanting engines into other cars is something that still continues in uh, like car mod scenes, yeah. car modification scenes. Absolutely right. Um, yeah. Specific, like the one that I've seen in a lot of videos about is specifically like the Chevy LS engine family. Um, cause they're just like these big engines that you can tune the shit out of. Like you solved my engine puzzle. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that reference makes you real happy. Yeah. And there's maybe one other person that listens that I know will get that. Um, I don't know if, uh, I think I mentioned it last week. Trash Panda Koshka is listening, okay. but that's for you as well. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so during this time, uh, cosmetic mods came about that have become kind of like symbolic of the hot rodding scene. Yeah. So standards such as um, chopped roofs, which is where you take the top of the car, chop the roof. You take a bit off each of the pillars, right? To yes, that's right. The yeah. Roof down. You, you, you basically remove some of the height from yeah. the roof and then reattach the roof. So you get like a much smaller uh, window profile, et cetera. Very aggressive sort of body shape. Yeah. It, yeah. And it looks so cool. Yeah. Uh, as a tall man, completely useless for me. Dude, I, I saw a video recently of a, of a dude who was maybe as tall as you, but much heavier set. And he had taken a min- like Chunky a, boy. A, like a 1960s or 70s Mini Cooper, thrown a giant engine in the front of it. And was using it just as like a burnout vehicle. Nice. And he was like all hunched up like Frank. Is it Frank Grimes or the guy in The Simpsons that drives oh, the fucking yeah, yeah. tiny car? And he's all like Are you up. laughing at me and my old automobile? Hey, guy. Simpsons reference. Ding. Yeah. There we uh, go. Not Frank Grimes, but I don't know. No, he has a name. name, yeah. But this yeah. This is the I, most largest so, car I could afford on my budget. Yeah. But he'd like done it in a way where like the steering wheel had a... Uh, he'd basically set the seats back, had mm. like a big steering column. and I was going to ask, like I have a friend, Dan, who's taller than me yeah, and he's a big but, guy and he said so he wanted to... St- this yeah. is something he said when he was like showing it off is like he wanted to be able to drive the car resting his arms on his knees and that's what he was doing. That sounds uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, as fuck. No, good. Um, no, my friend Dan always said that he wanted a Fiat 500 and Dan is mm. like a good chunk taller than me and he said that basically what you have to do is just sit in the back <laughs> yeah. and to remove the front seat Yeah, because it's just made for small Italian yeah. villages. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, these cosmetic mods such as chop roofs and uh, removing bonnets and hoods and bumpers. So you have and the open just, engine bay. Just leaving it off. Yeah, yeah, which is wicked. And I think called channeling, which is what they would do is they would take the... So this is a time when a chassis and the body were separate. So they'd take the body off the chassis. Uh-huh. They'd chop the floor out of the body, move the floor further up into the body, and then okay. re-weld it. So then when they put the uh, body back onto the chassis, the whole thing would sit lower. All right. But you wouldn't have to modify the suspension. Sure. Because at the time, obviously, suspension was a pretty complicated component. Yeah. Whereas moving a slab of metal further mm. up 
piece of pistol weld. Yeah. Whereas, you know, buying a new lower suspension, that's just not a thing back then. No. Yeah. So, so yeah, they basically shift the floor up so the body sat lower. Yeah. Quite a cool look, to be yeah, honest. It's yeah, called yeah. channeling. Um, so these early days, uh, a car modified for increased performance. Uh, this I put this in there purely for um, uh, amusement. Um, uh, a car modified for increased performance was called a go job. A go job. Yes. That's uh, that... Very that, close. All that's making me think of is, a, a, like, it's definitely a Scottish thing, but it might be further. It's like calling, like, doing a shit a jobby. Yeah, that's a strange <laughs> one to think of. Um, but for the I record, it's spelled G-O-W, job. So all oh. I thought of was blow job. Yeah. It's just, just I well, flicked past it on, also on the like, research site that I won't name. Yeah. Uh-huh. I gave it away, but I fact I called it a research site. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just like, oh, scroll back up. Excuse me? Was this about someone getting blowjobs and hot rods? Nope, nope, no, 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 nope. nope. I'll go back to that other site for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mum. <laughs> At least I didn't name any of them. Uh, no, um, but that, but like that fake hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was gonna say that, like that, uh, that spelling of go job. Um, and you thinking of that other term um, lines up because, like there's a part of the engine, especially in this type of modification that's referred to as a blower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, actually, so looking through the big list of hot rod terminology yesterday. Yeah. Uh, blower, I believe is a supercharger, Mm. um, of which the likes we would not see for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, nice, nice. That's hot rod knowledge. I'm liking the fact you're also wearing a sleeveless shirt right now. It makes me feel like that much closer. Like I wore my leather jacket to work today and I put my pompadour on just Uh because I was like, this is going to be thematic. Let's do this. Um, If only I had a pack of cigarettes. Fucking rolling the sleeves up. Here we go. Yeah, like Snake from The Simpsons. Who drives a hot rod? Yes, he does. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Another Simpsons reference. Ding. Shit. Uh, all right, where the fuck am I? Uh, okay, so so yeah, the, the term the term not blowjob uh, tra- morphed into hot rod in the early fifties. So, um, yeah, as well as there being a shitload of abandoned military tech and abandoned military servicemen and abandoned mechanical knowledge around after World War Two, mm-hmm. what else there was in the U.S. was suddenly a dearth, a plethora, if you will. Mm-hmm. Thanks um, of uh, abandoned military airports and airfields. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. and I, um, I like where this is going. Yeah, I may or may not have spent about t- half an hour after reading that one thing looking for some around Melbourne. Yeah. Got some. Um, okay. Well, there's also like legitimate racetracks that have track days. Shh. <laughs> shh. Um, <laughs> I don't have a follow-up to that, so shh. Anyway, and, but yeah, you know what uh, abandoned airfields are good for, don't you? Driving in a straight line really fast. Yeah, they are. Drag yeah. racing. I don't know what that fucking riff was, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I got nothing. Hang on. No, that's... It's like the Rocky fucking song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what it was. I actually I think it might have been a weird Homestar Runner reference that I made to myself, but with metal. Oh. Don't ask. You know what? I, I watched Homestar Runner, but I don't remember that. It's a very obscure one. Okay. Um, oh, what, has, what has my life become? Keep going. All right. So in the US drag racing tracks, the more sort of um, standardized drag racing tracks, uh, they, they, they race over a quarter mile. Yes. That's the standard, the quarter mile. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Is that Dominic uh, Toretto? Dominic Toretto. Uh, God, a man. Do you know how disappointed I was to find out that Vin Diesel's a bit of a bell end? Yeah, but I wasn't surprised either. Yeah, I know, but I was... Do you remember telling me? 
Did I tell you? Yeah, we, we were on the way to Inner North. Oh, hey, yeah. Brewery time. I do. And you and TJ that. told me. Yeah, and then I was heart. gutted because <laughs> yeah. I love Vin Diesel. Asshole. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> quarter miles are standard, but also some of them take place over an eight mile. And then... Wait. Uh, no, it's an, an eighth, eighth mile. Yeah. Different. Um, and over sometimes... An this is This is the exact quote of how long it is. 10 feet longer than three sixteenths of a mile. Oh, fuck. I hate the Imperial system. Yeah, fuck this. So it's 660 feet, 1,000 feet, or 1,320 feet, which is 200, 300, 400 meters, give or take. The metric system is shit divided by 10. It's fucking easy. You move or add a zero. Like, it's... Oh, my God. I hate this. I read this thing recently, and I think it was Ben Shapiro, the right-wing commentator, and fucking I hate this already. was talking about how the metric system was way less logical. Fucking eat my like, entire you, asshole. You were such a, <laughs> such a self-serving idiot. Anyway, so yeah, it's about 201, 304, or 402 meters. So two, three, or 400 meters. Sure. Great. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yep. Don't know why I told you that bit. That's just introducing numbers into the game. All right. But numbers I understand. Ah, they're spoken like a true machine. Yes. All right. So, um... During this time, there was actually seen to be a, a need to legitimize hot rodding and, and, and the drag racing scene because of the... Uh, well, it was largely an attempt to stop people from um, getting hurt and, and killing people during street races. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, safety in these vehicles was paramount. No, you'd probably be 110% correct there. Given that seatbelts weren't standardized until the late 60s. No, God, no. Um, but I mean, like, look, not to sort of... Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Shitloads of less cars on the road. True. Much wider open oh, yeah, spaces yeah, yeah. in the US and stuff There's like that. There's plenty of factors. But yeah, they, they, you know, but these are people like doing modifying it, and driving them really fast. Yeah, <laughs> if you were doing it in like the UK, mm. just terrifying yeah. because it's a small, cramped country for roads and stuff like yep. that, and there's a lot of people in a small yep. area. The US. You'd be all right. Yeah. I mean, not all right, but anyway. So the National Hot Rod Association was founded and it they they tried to take uh, racing into controlled environments. And that's where sort of drag strips started popping up and stuff. Right. Like, right. A, like officially sort of sanctioned ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty pretty smart idea. Um, so this, around this time, was also the debut of what is considered to be one of the quintessential hot rodding engines, which Ooh. is the uh, Chrysler Hemi engine. Oh, yeah. Um, it, this was technically the what's known as the early Hemi. It was the uh, Chrysler Firepower the, V8. The OG Hemi? Yeah, it was colloquially known as the early Hemi. It's the it's a Firepower V8, and it was a 5.4 liter V8. That's a big boy. It's a big boy. Um, now, I'm going to put it into a little bit of context. I drive a, uh, I drive a uh, new-ish um, Toyota 86. It is a 2-liter four-cylinder engine. Mm-hmm. Um, it is considered to be quite underpowered mm. um, at 140 kilowatts. Right. Or I don't know what that is in horsepower. It's like 200 uh, horsepower. Yeah. Um, the 5.4 liter Chrysler Firepower V8 produced a massive 134 kilowatts. Oh. Yeah. 180 brake horsepower that's from 5.4 liters. That's not a lot. No, it's not. I don't realize this is a long what time ago. Doing, that's not a lot. Yeah, I realize this is a long time ago. But American V8s have a real bad habit of huge displacement not auto-powerful yeah, per, okay. per cubic inch, as they use. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine has pointed out that this is probably something to do with the fact that longevity of American engines is notoriously high. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because they're, like, well, they're not exactly stressing them, it sounds like. Well, that's it. Yeah. And, and, and and a wide open country like that. Yeah. A lot of mileage. And it's True. interesting because Australia has also got a big punch on for the V8. Yeah. Big country. Yeah. UK, 1.6 litre, you're flying. Yeah. Um, nice little hatchback. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Small roads. Good, like a, yeah. and a, and a, if you drive like a two-liter Astra in the UK, yeah. it's considered to be a quite quick car. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Madness. Anyway, this is also around the time when people started using things like hydraulic brakes over standard mechanical brakes. Sure. That sort of became the the standard brake that you'd use. Yeah. Which, thank fuck, because yeah. mechanical brakes, that's not good stopping power. No. Hydraulic brakes, yeah, shit. Yeah, those. I love my brakes. Yeah. Um, so we'll actually a little touch on your car a little bit later because I think I'm going to bring some other stuff up. Really? Um, well, it's just, it's just going to like sort of mention it a okay. bit. But yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about power, basically. All right. Um, so we're moving into the 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the swinging 60s. Oh, the Beatles are there. <laughs> they exist. People know about them. Yeah. Vietnam is also a problem gonna thing yeah. gonna happen yeah. um and i said also a problem like the beatles were a problem <laughs> <laughs> so some people they might have been if you've seen that movie yesterday they're a pretty fucking big problem yeah i haven't seen it no, me neither no idea it just looks bad <laughs> sure. um but yeah around the 60s actually hot rodding started to die out it really lost popularity okay and it's because um, manufacturers started offering offering like high performance cars straight off the showroom floor. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot of people actually associate muscle cars and hot rod culture. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the death knell for the um, like muscle cars being the death of hot rods. Yeah, yeah, because because suddenly you could go out and buy a consumer grade car, and this is the yeah. thing is that like what people don't maybe associate with muscle cars now, but in the sixties, is that a muscle car was not expensive. No, it was like, just like buying a family sedan. Yeah, like original Ford Mustangs and stuff like that were pretty cheap. Yeah, they, they were considered. they were average Joe cars. Yeah, and they. By the way, the original Mustang never had a V eight. It was a V six. That's why it was a pony car, not a big old yeah right. uh, V eight or anything like that. Yeah, but it? that's just the first one I, like that came to mind for me. But oh yeah, but yeah, it's just a random factoid. That's why they weren't considered muscle cars. They were right. considered pony cars. Yeah, just the car a sixties Mustang looks good. Oh, I fucking stunning. <laughs> Honestly, like I think I'm a big lover of uh, like i've as i've got older i've learned to love modern cars more and more but mm. there's something about that era of american yeah. cars that was just from about 1950 to about 1975 yeah i think american cars were just some of the most stunning pieces of art in the world yeah um th- one of my favorites being and i probably it predates this you've seen the movie cars Yes. You know, like the old guy, Hudson, I think his name is? Oh, yeah. The Hudson Hornet. The Hudson Hornet. Yeah. It's it's one of the most beautiful it's like a, cars. It's like a boat, though. It's huge. Oh, it's ginormous. <laughs> like, most impractical, stupid, yeah. slow, heavy cars ever. Fuck me. It was mm. just... It was it was opera in motion. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so, so, yeah, muscle cars started coming out. And, they, and people would mm. walk into a, a dealership and be like, I, I'll give you like three months wages you will give me a fully loaded six liter V8 Humber, a Hudson sorry, yeah, yeah, or something, yeah. or like a, a Mercury or something like that. I'm, I'm going to say like there, are, this might sound self-serving. There are parallels with this to craft beer where like there will be craft beers, craft breweries popping up. They're trying something. And then someone like CUB will bring out a new brand that looks like that. Yeah. But, and it's, 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 it's good that like craft beer hasn't gone away as a result, but, has the same sort of potential about it. Yeah, well, I think that's why they're trying to buy a lot of big yeah. uh, craft beer brands. But yeah. also, I'd say that the really interesting part of that is that, that the fact that craft beer nerds are, let's be honest, a pain in the ass. They are. We are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said they. We. We're, 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 we're going to be like quite, excuse me. I do apologize. <laughs> we're, 
<laughs> we live in the information age and yes. um, we have more access to sort of understanding of who owns what, etc. So it's yeah. actually easier for us to avoid that stuff. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Is that this, this, this custom culture, KK custom culture, um, got <laughs> shut down by big manufacturers being able to offer the same thing without the work. Yeah. Totally understandable. Um, and um, actually during this time, um, it was it was sort of first recognized the social importance that hot rodding brought uh, the, the, sorry the social importance of hot rodding mm-hmm. uh, was first recognized and it was in a 1965 book by um, a guy called Tom Wolfe who was sort of an investigative journalist and most okay. other things and he wrote a lot of essays and stuff like that yep. and I believe he was probably an inspiration for um, uh, the likes of uh, the Gonzo character from Hunter S. Thompson's sure. Fair in Las Vegas as yep. well as taking inspiration from himself mm-hmm. um, and the book was called The Candy Colored Tangerine Flake Streamline Baby. Oh, my word. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a long name for a book. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what it was, he was at a hot rodding event and or, or some kind of like custom racing event. Mm-hmm. And a car went by and the guy on the announcing mic uh, on the Tannoy, excuse me, on the PA system uh, was like, and the candy colored tangerine flake streamline baby goes round that corner. And like, like, fuck, that's quite, he could have done number six. Yeah. That also sounds like uh, when you hear about the names of horses in horse racing. Yeah. It's just like. What, what, why did you ever decide to call it that? So Australia's current most successful racehorse is a horse called Winx, W-I-N-X. Yeah. And I'm guessing they must love that because it's one fucking syllable. Yeah. yeah. You just bark that out while you're shouting about how fast it's running. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. So throughout As the- opposed to whatever that was, I can't even remember. What, the Candy Colored Tangerine Flake Streamline Baby? Yeah, you, you had to read that though. Yeah, of course I did. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and for some reason he spelled Candy Colored with two Ks, which I don't know if that's a reference to the custom culture two Ks thing. Or some other thing with Ks at the start of its name that I was hope around not. the same time I hope quite not. prevalent. I hope not. Anyway, let's not move tangerine on. tangerine colored. No. Um, but, but also like, it was audio. How did he know it spelled with Ks? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. You anyway. Know, some, maybe some... Uh, Self-insertion there, some editorializing. Self-insertion. That's a He's inserting his... Hey. Oh. Move on. Oh. Anyway. So from like the 60s to the 70s, hot rodding really started to die. Yeah. And it, thankfully, yeah, thankfully, I think thankfully, in the 1970s, we had an oil crisis. 1973, there was an oil crisis. Yes. And suddenly hot rodding like boom back into life. Why? Well, because um, manufacturers started producing more fuel efficient cars. Oh, they were course. suddenly shitting themselves. So, they were like, so the fun factor was disappearing. Absolutely. Yeah. Hot rods, uh, excuse me, the muscle cars in the late, in the mid seventies started to die out. I mean, okay. as far as the Americans understand them, like, yeah. You know, um, and actually rather than uh, high performance, big block V8s, America started to downsize. Well, Europe started to downsize. Um, there was a, there was a trend towards more fuel efficiency yeah. and um, seemingly Australia and America missed the memo. Uh, because it's just like yeah fuck it yeah I want a car that's loud and fast fuck off yeah which yeah I get to be honest yeah Um, but yeah like no but even even in America and Australia like the cars started to become more fuel efficient and performance was less of a thing it was more Mm. about just getting around than saving a bit of fuel sure this is back when fuel was probably still like 10 cents a litre yeah (laughs) probably probably even less than that Um, so this actually led to a bit of a resurgence in the hot rodding scene Mm -hmm. Uh, but they, they it did it was a change. And so they started, um, they moved away from like the street racing and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to what's called street rods. Yeah. Um, So street rods are more about the cosmetic modification, making a car which looks beautiful Mm -hmm. and it may have a ridiculous engine and ridiculous power to go with it. Yeah. Um, The phrase better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it was thrown around. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and usually like comfort wasn't an afterthought with these cars. So mm. the street rods are meant to look beautiful. You know, there's plenty of luxury in them, aircon, yeah, yeah, yeah. white wall tires, amazing paint jobs, yep. all this sort of stuff. There, there was a there was a photo I read online which is that uh, in the back of a hot rod is a toolbox, in the back of a street rod is a is a can of wax. Okay. Yeah, which, okay. I, which I quite like. Yeah. 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 Right. Real scathing, but real fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So again, this is the early '70s. The Chevy small block V8 made its debut. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the one that people are still using today and it's yeah. actually become sort of the, the 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 choice of hot rod engines this and um the gm ls v8 which you mentioned earlier yeah yeah Sorry, so it's a gm engine not a chevy so i got that wrong so, so well the, the chevy small block and the gm yeah, okay. LS, yeah yeah i got mixed up yeah so i'll let it slide i'm not gonna hold this over your head okay. forever it's not but the yeah, sort of like, thing i would remember but, but the phrase like ls swap is incredibly common hugely yeah absolutely um so yeah, I mean, more and more these days, the LS V8 is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a small block V8, and it was available in four point three all the way up to six point six liter. Ooh. So you know, small block V8. Yep. Bear in mind that I believe that Fiat once produced a two liter V8. Wow. Yeah, it's a really cool little car. It's called <laughs> the Fiat Eight V, and it was uh, it's just like yeah, it's well fun. Um, I apologize for that noise. Um, <laughs> there is actually a big block V8 available. A Chevy big block. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starts at 5.7 liters. Of course it does. Do you want to have a blast at what it goes up to? Eight. 9.4. Wow. Because if you're going to do it, you might as well do it big. Why not go double America? digits? America! Fucking good point. Yeah. <laughs> I cut off my song there to agree with you. Yeah. Um, also, not my song. Did steal it. So, Jesus, you nailed that beer. Yeah, you were doing all you're the You're drinking talking. like an American V8. Yeah. Hey. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, you're doing all the talking. I'm just going to drink the delicious beer. It's uh, mm. it's gone down very well. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we're going to have to some food after this, so it's going to be a nightmare. Yes. Um, all right, so, um, but, you know, this is uh, early 70s. These engines are produced and started being introduced in on mass, and, and they're still like, there's thousands of them around. Yeah. Uh, LSs and Chevy small blocks, they kept making them and making them and making them and making yeah. them. I think the small block V8 was made until the late 90s. Okay. And the LSs, I think they still make them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my understanding. But uh, again, during the 80s, engine displacement started to shrink again. Um, it's actually getting harder and harder to get hold of ridiculously large V8s. Yeah. So this is the bit where I put some context in it, as I said. Um, my car is two liter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably faster than half of these hot rods. Yeah. Because power to weight wise, you know, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and I've only got 140 kilowatts. Your car is significantly faster than mine. Do you know what the kilowatts in your car is? Uh, no, but I can look it up. I know off the top of my head that it's a 2.3 liter turbocharged That is, is correct, engine. sir. It's, so that was going to be my point. Is I, think, I think it sits at around, I think it's 350 horsepower. Okay, so that and would then, probably put you around 240 kilowatts. But, 200, with, but with like 430 odd newton meters of torque. Yeah, Because okay. it's all wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. So I would say that puts you around 222, 30 uh, kilowatts. Yeah. Um, so just double check. But this is the thing is what I'm saying is going from the, the, the 6.6 liter V8s, European and Japanese brands are putting in smaller efficient engines and you know getting 140 kilowatts out of mine mm. for two liter. And then with the addition of a turbocharger and a little extra displa- displacement, I mean, literally like 300 mil, uh, milliliters displacement and a turbocharger, mm-hmm. you're basically doubling the power of it. Well, not quite doubling, but, you know, 1.6, 1.7 times yeah. quite easily. 
So your, your car is 2.3 liter, has a turbocharger, mm-hmm. 257 kilowatts. Yep. Like the, the difference in power and the difference in displacement is yeah. insane. Yeah. Like the, what you can do with it, which admittedly, you know, is better engine technology and turbochargers, but you know. Also like my car is a hatchback. It's smaller and it's lighter than a lot of these yeah, sort of cars. Absolutely smoke. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so a lot more of the hot rodders actually started because of the lack of um, these quote unquote large V8s. Now bearing in mind, a small V8 in the 80s is still massive. Yeah. Um, but because of the lack of these large V8s readily available, because they started to be taken off the market and they started to disappear into wreckers yards, etc. Yep. Uh, a lot of them started to get into mechanically modifying the engine blocks themselves. Sure. So whereas previously it was a kind of a case of take a big engine, put it in a smaller car. Yeah. Drive fast. Yeah. Maybe add some other parts, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're largely just clipping things together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now they were starting to take smaller engine blocks and modifying them. Mm. So the 3.5 liter Oldsmobile, and I can't remember what other engine it was in, sorry, but the 3.5 liter Oldsmobile V8, people were taking that out, boring out the cylinders and replacing the parts with pretty, with, with parts that were easily obtainable from wreckers mm. to, um, to get a shitload more power out of it. So, yeah. So by boring out the cylinders. Yes. You know, so it means, <laughs> it means, um, like grinding out the cylinder of the engine to increase the displacement. So taking it from 3.5 liter to a larger displacement. Mm. And it's about grinding out the circular element of the... Like where the 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 piston sits, yeah. Yeah, That's right. And um, basically to create more space in there. Yeah. And even like uh, in Europe, uh, Volkswagen um, modifiers were taking like 1.6 Volkswagen engines, stretching them out to two liters, which is a pretty significant jump. It's like 25 percentage points. It's pretty high. Um. And this was sort of where it, it, it all kind of sort of came to an end um, right. because the, the the cars they were using were becoming less available. Yeah, of course. The engines they were using were becoming less available. Mm. The premium on these kind of older cars was, was going up and up and up. Yeah. And, you know. Well, you'd be hard-pressed to find, like, an original one to, to work on, right? It's like yeah, anyone wild. trying to do anything with, like, R32 through R34 Skylines. You cannot all find been a, a you cannot find a stock one. No, absolutely so not. So you have to like. Rip and if out you find a stock custom- one, they're worth oh yeah shit loads. But you've got to go and like rip out all the custom stuff before you can work on it. Mm, absolutely. And then this is the thing: is that all the cars start to become expensive, all the engines start to come in hard to find, and then after all the work you do, unless mm. you're looking to build a street rod specifically, something to look nice, etc. If you're really looking to try to build something fast, it's the eighties at this point. Yeah. Just buy a German car. Yeah, like yeah. they're they're suddenly readily available in, yeah. in 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 America. Or buy like a Crown Victoria. I believe it comes with a six liter V eight. Yeah, like it suddenly became not worth it. No, unless yeah, you were yeah. just a pure enthusiast. Yeah, and you're going to car shows and doing yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then plus the eighties, the the Japanese cars started coming over, and the the amount of yeah. power they were squeezing out of small engines in Japan that you could then modify easily. Oh yeah. And, and, and this is the modding culture that we have today. And and part of it too is, you know, with these larger production runs is it's much easier to find parts. Yes, you know, 100%. You go and, and people you go started and, making parts for Yeah, them. especially like even more so nowadays where you've got multiple cars kind of sharing a production line, mm-hmm. sharing mm-hmm. parts, sharing chassis and all that. Absolutely. You can buy one car and buy parts that are technically built for another, but they're actually built for an entire model. So the car range. I just sold, I could have used Mazda 3 or Ford Focus RS parts, uh, yeah. Ford Focus parts. Yeah. The car I've got now is Toyota Subaru combined engineering. Yeah, so I can find tons of shit. 
fuck loads of parts. And also I can go on the internet and be like, oh, I want some lowering suspension shots. I can buy them from a Toyota dealership. Yeah. Which is a wild concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, basically it started to become that modding culture was changing, um, modifying culture, excuse me, and yeah. that the hot rod style was dying out. Mm. Which is kind of sad um, in a lot of ways. It's, it's a stylistic thing which is disappearing. Yeah. But, um, you know, there, there's actually still a pretty vibrant scene in the US and Canada, mm. um, as well as Australia and the UK. Mm-hmm. And for some strange reason, Sweden. Okay, what do they get up to? So, bizarrely enough, there's actually a pretty big sort of rockabilly 50s Americana really? scene in Sweden. I would not have picked that. No. Um, I don't know why, but... It's wild. Like, I, I look on Instagram at a lot of this stuff, and, like, there's loads of, like... There'd be just loads of pictures of car shows and people yeah. all dressed up in the, like, pen up I mean, style look, and stuff like that. I, and I, half of them are Swedish. I listened to uh, a podcast recently where it was going into the history of why Russians got obsessed with Bollywood cinema in the in the Cold War era. Oh, my God. Is it God, because they couldn't the get Hollywood, basically? Uh, I mean, that was probably part of it. But it was more like... It was just, like, such... It, they were just fascinated with it. I don't have time to get into it now, but okay, like, well, I should have later. more of an open mind about like Swedish people loving rockabilly. Is Dude, what, I, I, what I'm saying. Scandinavian car culture is wild, man. Yeah. We should look up folk racing and talk about that a little okay. bit later. Um, <laughs> all right. So the other thing I want to talk about is rat rods. Now, rat rods are an offshoot of hot rods. Okay. And they take hot rods and they kind of like cartoonishly exaggerate the style of it. Right. Is they, this, so is this t- more like along the lines of like the Bosozuko Japanese sort of stuff? Uh, no, Where not that's really. Like completely outlandish sort of modifications? Um, a little more restrained than I'm that? I'm going to say something which is potentially controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the Japanese version of this in that oh, they're really? taking it to a mad degree. Okay. Okay. Um, but I wasn't sure that, which came first. No, definitely rat rotting came first. Okay. But like, you know but, what it's like when the Japanese do something, they're going to do it wild. Yeah. That is a sweeping generalization. But yes. do you know what? Don't come at me until you look at your culture and look there, at some there, of the mad shit you do. Like, there's also a lot of uh, cultural factors in Japan that play into why that took off the way yes, it did. Yes, 110%. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to come around and be like, Japan is really normal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. we're the Japan police. We're actually... <laughs> I think they're called weeaboos. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, that's what their siren does. Weeaboo! Oh, <laughs> oh, no! What sound does the Japanese, <laughs> the Japanese siren make? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Uh, uh. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> oh. All right, so they take uh, hot rods and they sort of extreme cartoonish sort of uh, nth degree it. And um, rat rods are often a sort of counter to the expensive hot rods that were getting driven around as basically just showpieces. Yeah, sure. I think it was 70s, 80s, they really started to take off. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, they, 60s they kind and of 70s. like, yeah, cool. You've built your nice flashy looking hot rod. I'm going to build this dirty bitch that goes fast. You are fucking 110%. <laughs> so they are. <laughs> oh, that's getting beeped. <laughs> That'd be the second beeping we've ever used on this show. Yeah. The first one after the. Uh... Yeah. Um. So, okay, so um, they were influenced by uh, sort of punk, psychobilly, greaser cultures. Uh, it's reminiscent of that anti-establishment style. Mm-hmm. So less beauty, less ridiculous paint jobs, and much more sort of rust, grime, and fuck you attitude. Right. Um, which I, I, I'm hugely into. Mm. Like, if I show you, like, the difference between a great hot rod. Um, so... Uh, a really not not it's giving me the option to download the movie Hot Rod, yeah. which is fucking great. Yeah. Um, 
So that's like yeah, a, nice clean looking thing. Yeah, beautiful, like nice, um, you know, paint jobs and shit on it. Yeah, that's a rat rod. Yeah, that is. That so is it's wow. Lower spikes. It's made of rust. It's made apparently. of rust. Yeah, like they they quite like to have like Dude, battered these look, panels. These look like Hot Wheels cars. Yeah, but I mean, Hot Wheels cars basically just were this. Like, yeah. if I look at rat rods now, like, um, thank you Google for offering me um, hot rod chick as a. <laughs> As an immediate search option. You know it's you based on things me. you've searched before, right? Shut up. Um, that's a rat rod. Yeah, uh, okay. These things are just like a bit more like gross. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I tell you what, like rat think as an idea. Yep. Like properly personifies it. I think it's yep. real cool. Um, so that, that that was like a, a spin-off and it's really cool. But hmm. traditional hot rodders and uh, restorers pretty much regard rat, or used to at least, pretty much regard rat rods as cheap and talentless. Um, yeah, well, they would. Well, of course, yeah. And, and sentiment among critics was quite dismissive and fairly negative. And yeah. it was one of those things where they were like, you've you've ruined our little club. Um, where they're actually just like, man, we wish we could still do this. Yeah, we wish we were still cool. Yeah. Anti-establishment. But um, I've got a, a lovely quote here from some jackass. Uh, I put... Uh, hang on. I'm going to push you- my nerd glasses up. Uh, I put the majority of it into two categories. Uh, the young bad guy style and the old bad guy style. The two different camps are separated by those that do not know better and those that should. Yet both produce a high volume of style violations. The young guy... <laughs> the young guys that generally uh, do not know any better commit their sins in the name of uh, why not? It gets a ton of attention at the car shows. Uh, the problem is that a clown on fire gets a lot of attention too. It just doesn't make it a good thing either, especially if you're the clown. Um, turned into like that a sucks. weird drag act at the end. That there, to be sucks. Honest. Yeah, no, what a jackass <laughs> opinion. It's like, your car isn't as pretty as mine. And this, you're an idiot. So, okay, yeah, maybe it's just not for you. Yeah. Realistically, There's it's... other cars to look at. It really is like, you know, when you watch those American movies, it's like, we're entering the big, quote, competition. It's like, we're a scrappy ragtag bunch. And then you've got the jocks, the rich jocks. Yeah. That's what the hot rodding scene Probably was. Probably named Ross. Chad. Chad, Thad, Ab- and Brad. Absolute Chad. Fucking a lot of Chad. Them. But I gotta win back Stacy. Yeah, she's not gonna give a shit, man. No, I just... Yeah, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> um, one last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was okay. uh, the hot rodding... This just, this just made me piss myself, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> um, so hot rodding actually influenced the music scene quite a bit. Yeah, um, sure. So during the 1960s, a genre of hot rod music rose to mainstream popularity and uh this is the quote hot rod music was largely and this isn't a quote from somebody this is a quote from the research oh hot rod music was largely a product of a number of surf music groups running out of ideas for new surfing songs and simultaneously shifting their lyrical focus towards hot rods so it's basically the beach boys but they're talking about cars yeah but i love it It wasn't the fact they were like really influenced by this they were just like kind of done the surfing yeah what's popular Ooh, hot rods yeah cynical um (laughs) but i loved it just like it was so dismissive of them it's like yeah they just ran out of ideas the jackasses how much can you talk about tubular barrels forever it's like well done with that one that's my hot rod music apparently in my head i don't know what that was it's it's the song to killer but instead of to killer they just shout Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. If you're English and thinking of the song by Terrorvision, you're wrong. It's a different tequila. Jesus. Get this shit together. Um, 
This is the second time today that I've made up a riff on the spot and they've both been bad. This is why I don't write music. I don't know why yeah. I've done two guitar licks today. Yeah. Anyway. And that's Hot Rodding. Wow. What a journey. Yeah, right. Um, by fun. the way, if you haven't seen it, go watch the Adam Sandler movie Hot Rod. No, not Adam Sandler. Not Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Yeah. Sorry. I- I'm sorry. Two guys with quite similar names making yeah. comedy. Yeah. Kind of, let's be honest, similar comedy, but of different grades. Like, you're not wrong, but one's better. One's significant. You're better. Okay, I'm all right. <laughs> all right, so, so, so the very last thing I wanted to talk to you about today was um, mm. Kitty O'Neill. All right. Kitty O'Neill uh, is the fastest woman alive. Not only that, she's the record holder for the fastest quarter mile alive. All right. Kitty O'Neill in 1977 mm-hmm. raced a quarter mile in a rocket car. Of course. A hydrogen peroxide powered rocket dragster built oh by Kai Mickelson. Kitty O'Neill covered the quarter mile at 3.22 seconds. Holy fuck. <laughs> 412 miles an hour when she crossed the finish line. Did it explode and she died? No, she's just <laughs> fucking badass. Wow. So Kitty O'Neill was born... Because like the phrase 10-second car is considered fast, right? Yeah. Running a quarter mile in 10 seconds So certain fast. registration limits are if you, ha- if you can run a quarter mile in under 10.99 seconds, you have to have things like roll cages and shit in there because yeah. it's dangerous as At this point, it's like you fuck. need a parachute and a fucking ejector seat in case everything goes wrong. Yeah. Because it's fucking scary as shit. Wow. But um, Kitty O'Neill, um, born in 1946, um, she, an early illness in childhood left her deaf. And then more illnesses cut short her career in diving. So she went on to become a stunt woman and race driver. Um, I believe she or... I, I love the set of careers she's chosen. I, I love her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was going to be a competitive 10-meter platform diver and 3-meter springboard diver. She won like amateur championships as a kid. She broke her wrist and contracted spinal meningitis. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, she was... Um, after recovering, she lost interest in diving and turned to water skiing, scuba diving, skydiving, hang gliding, stating that driving wasn't scary. Sorry, excuse me. Diving wasn't scary enough for me. Just go deeper. Yeah. And in, in her early, late 20s, she underwent two treatments for cancer. Wow. So check this, like all this happens and she's just fucking badass. I also believe that she either trained or was the stunt woman for Wonder Woman. Holy Linda shit. Carter. Did the fucking fastest quarter mile of all time, 3.22 yeah. seconds. That's a decent fucking margin as well. Yeah. Um, and wow. get this, died in 2018. What? At the age of 72 in a place called Eureka, South Dakota. Uh, wow. Just... Just the fucking coolest motherfucker of all time. Um, so her yeah, she, this rules. She ch- she tried to land speed record. Yeah, and she hit uh, let's see, uh, an average speed of um five hundred twelve, a peak speed of six hundred twenty one miles an hour. Yeah, so it's a nine hundred ninety nine kilometers an hour. And she used 60% of the available thrust, and she reckoned that she could have exceeded 1,100 with full power. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think current land speed record attempts are trying to push 1,000 miles an hour. Well, so like the, the, the land speed record um, is, was, if, I, if I'm correct, the land speed record was something called thrust SSC, which yep. was 
by far and away the most like technologically advanced, basically bullet with two jet engines on it. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, is still the same design they're working with now. It's basically a tube which is a rocket with a person on the front of it. Yeah. And Thrust SSC used two turbofan Rolls-Royce Spey engines. Mm. Um, And uh, in 1997, they broke 1,200 kilometers an hour. Yeah. And she's like, I can do... I I, I can do 1,100. Yeah. Like, that was 20 years after. Yeah. Just the biggest... I wanted to say balls. No, not even. She surpasses balls by a fucking decent margin. Yeah, no, balls don't compare to her. I don't have a thing for this. She's just the baddest bitch. All right, this is take six. Uh, But no, genuinely, like, just like nerves of steel. Yes. Unbelievable, unbelievable woman. So, uh, uh, Kitty, this one is for you. I would pour some out for my homies, but I just finished the beer because... It was delicious. But also, I'd immediately make you clean that up. Yeah, also, this yeah, Mike's floor. <laughs> Kitty O'Neill, uh, we salute you. Thank you so much for your service to being a badass. Yeah. Badassery. Yes. And that was my uh, primer. Uh, that's a pun about car paint for rat rods. Yeah. That is my primer on hot rodding and rat, hot rodding, hot rod culture and rat rods. Mm. And the badass, which is Kitty O'Neill. Yeah. Oh, Mike. How was wow. it? Um, I do you feel the need? Boy, the do need I. But I. For speed? I also feel that my blood alcohol level is too high to drive legally. Including me. Yeah. Like, what? Me too? Yeah, that's yeah. what you meant to say. Yeah. Um, um, that was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I enjoyed I like that. this one. I think it, uh, it, was, uh, it was exciting. Not yes. quite as exciting as a quarter mile, but mm. it was as exciting as 45 miles. Which can become tiresome towards the end. Yes. Very good. Good times. (laughs) Um, But yeah, all right. So um, yeah, cool. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, Yeah. If they want to get in touch, Mike, is there any way that they can reach us or see more about what we do? Boy, there are a number of ways. Um, (laughs) Ha, darn tootin' there is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we've got the Instagram, the Facebook, and the Twitter. The username across all three is Hebrew Podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, We've recently taken to our recording video during the show yeah we have uh which we've started using for like behind the scenes shots and uh some clips here and there uh i think too because we release every two weeks like having something to to put out in the off weeks is uh a nice little thing to keep people going a a little to quote mighty boosh the juicy dangler yes uh there is also the email address which is hello at heybrew.zone yeah Uh, i was ecstatic to receive an email this yeah. this week so if you do want to send us anything like i say even if it's just like if it's just like a hey guys liking what you're doing yeah enjoy it yeah enjoy yourselves enjoy yourself like in the rick james voice yes um or if you want to say like hey guys check out this beer i think it would make a fun drink <laughs> <laughs> wait i think it would make a fun uh yep topic yeah cool I could not remember the word Thanks. Um, maybe you should do this bit yeah. I'll just be quiet um, the there's also of course the website which is heybrew.zone which has the links out to all of the different uh, podcast services on which you can find us which are I don't remember all of them okay all, so the, you, all the ones you probably hope you, are there you can find us at all your favourite local record stores all good record stores and some shit ones but most importantly you can find us on Apple Pods Stitcher 
Spotify, uh, Spotify, uh, and then I guess just anything else you listen on. But let's be honest, they're the three. Yeah, yeah. and also like it's just an RSS pocket cast. You can put it into stuff. whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. probably a way to. You could probably drip feed it into Slack if you wanted to somehow. Yeah, weirdly, you could also just listen to the episodes on our website. There's a nice little yeah, that would be uh, nice too. Website player there. Um, Send us a little screenshot of you doing that, or just yeah. a photo, a selfie of you doing that. Send us whatever you like. Honestly, at this point, hmm. um, if we get bombarded, if we if we get bombarded with nonsense, we might stop saying that. <laughs> we might rescind that <laughs> offer. Yeah. Send us things, and then the two weeks later, stop sending us things. Yeah, it's getting weird. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we've got some exciting plans coming up for uh, the next few episodes. Yeah, like. This is this is episode nine. That's yeah. exciting for me, yeah. and I hope exciting for you. I yes, hope exciting is. for you. He said, looking at the microphone, but addressing the <laughs> listener. Um, but um, yeah, we've got a we've got a little bit of a something for episode ten, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm pretty keen to to find, find out what off. that is. Yeah. Ooh, ooh! If you're not sure, wait until next two weeks and ooh, listen in. Yeah, ooh, exciting. Ooh. Just gonna keep saying ooh. ooh. I feel like uh, one of the guys from Flight Concourse. Ooh, and just be in the background like ooh. <laughs> like an r&b band but out yeah. of tune yeah um yeah cool well um i don't think there's anything else from me That's, thank you once yeah. again to uh everyone who's listening and thank mm-hmm. you for uh the emailing from rowan and thank you to dan for the beer mm-hmm. um yeah this has been a very uh community focused episode it turns out yeah how sweet yeah oh we're building a little community yeah. and then one day we'll use them to rise up oh boy will we are we all going to area 51 is that going to be happening no i feel that by... joke's not going to play out by the way for no. the in two years no i think that joke sucks um yeah, i'm so done with it anyway uh, I feel like we'll just we'll storm CUB and we'll take them over and we'll be like, hey, make some good beer for a change. Mm, I'm into that. Yeah, it's a it's a beer revolution, a beer revolution, a no, brew revolution. Yeah, that works way better. Mm. We can raise a flag of hey brew over CUB. We so could. Oh shit! Now we have to get a flag made. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. This has been Hey Brew. I've been Elliot and I've been Mike. Cheers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like this. This episode was good energy. Yeah. It might be because we were slightly pissed. That certainly helped. (laughs) (laughs) Hot dog. Hot rod. Hot Uh, rod. Were you saying hot dog the entire time? (laughs) Yeah, this is about hot dogs. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, What's a rat dog? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's just a hot dog, surely. (laughs) Oh, it's like rat milk, vitamin R. Um, that's milk. milk. Yeah. Oh, ding. Um, actually, ding, ding, because it was two. Um, my manager calls sausage rolls rat coffins. <laughs> oh, I like that a lot. It's, it's so grim, but also like sausage rolls are great. <laughs> yeah, but oh boy. Yeah, big fan. Ooh. Can we get some food now?